Okay, hey guys. Um, welcome back to another episode of Black Talk Podcast. Um, I'm Alana with Tiara. <laughs> Always. Um, but hope you're having a good Saturday. Um, that you're relaxing. Um, I just want to start off by saying, like, rest in peace to Chadwick Bozeman and his life and career and legacy that he left behind. Um, but yeah, today I think we are just going to start off with a question that Lauren has for us. Yes, it's a good question because I think it definitely will follow into the topic that we wanted to discuss today. But the question that I have is, as a young Black woman growing up in the 21st century, more specifically the 2020, um, like when you're in pain, whether it's physically, mentally, or emotionally, what is something kind that you can do to yourself? Fix some tea. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a deep question. I don't know, like fix some tea or like, I don't I feel like sometimes we feel like we always have to push through something instead of just like sitting down. Like if you are physically in pain or like you feel very sick or like you're just having a bad day, like emotionally, just like taking some time to yourself instead of just constantly feeling like you have to go do X, Y, Z. Like you should get those things done, but I don't know, just choosing to take care of yourself. Um, Cause if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't, get things done and you can't be the best version of yourself. So I would just say like being yeah. gentle with yourself. Yeah. I know yesterday I wasn't having a good day. And so um, I just do things that make me happy, surround myself with people that cheer me up. So I actually went to see my sister and my mom. So that helps me. Um, my dogs help. So just and I think just really just like leaving my phone alone. So yeah. I'll like I'll silence my phone and just leave it in another room and then I'll just I'll either go cook or um take my dogs out. So I know like a little bit of isolation helps. Mm-hmm. But I know if I need to be around somebody, then I'll go see like my mom and my sisters. Yeah. That's really good. I think I'm already like a pretty introverted person. So I love music, like I said, creativity. So that kind of helps me just throw on some headphones, even though I have headphones on 24 (laughs) seven, but just really like stopping and just kind of not meditating, but just thinking about how I can make the situation better. And sometimes that might not work for everybody. And sometimes you just kind of need to sit there a little bit and just really process everything. But um, Tierra brought up a good point the other day and my train of thought is going away. What did she say? Uh, I forgot what Tierra said, but she said something really good the other day, but just... Um, I'm trying yeah. to remember what I said because I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember what you said really trying to figure out what makes you happy as a person. I think that's a good direction to go as well, just because a lot of times as a black woman in general, I think your life kind of revolves around everybody else more so than yourself. So I think trying to just figure out ways to make ways to help your life get better 
might be, you know, beneficial, whether that's journaling, taking notes, music, cooking, tea, whatever that is for you. I think that just comes down to like basically a self-journey experience. Like I was talking with Alana yesterday, and I think it's just sometimes you just have to really hone in on what it is you're wanting to do with your life and just focusing on really healthy self-care techniques for you as an individual. So that's kind of what I would do or recommend for being in pain in different areas. So. <laughs> for sure. Like it, to your point, like you can't, like sometimes you do need to go introspectively um, inward, but you can't, be so by yourself that you're by yourself pro- for prolonged periods of time. Um, like yeah. you have to be around other people and allow other people to be there for you um, and be vulnerable. So, yeah. So I think today we were wanting to talk about um, black women in healthcare and how sort of we're handled or really mishandled a lot of the time. Um, sort of not believed or like, especially with pregnancy, like high um, um, pregnancy mortality rates um, among black women. So I don't know if y'all have ever talked to your moms about like giving birth to you guys or like the type of care she received while she was expecting, like, was it good? Was it bad? Was it like something she just doesn't have fond memories of? Um, Didn't we talk about this last week? Mm. Uh, this but Lauren, did, Lauren, did you did you ever ask your mom how um, her experience was? Well, I asked today at not a good time. <laughs> <laughs> so she, I kind of just, I didn't get like a full answer, but I asked her if my two sisters had the same person, and she said yes. So to me, I'm inferring that meant he or she was pretty good. Yeah. And then for me, like I was born in a whole different state. So of course I had a whole different doctor. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people don't know this, but the birth part went fine. And then I got really sick afterwards. So I was in kind of like uh, ICU. So I don't know if maybe they... I don't know if something just happened after birth or if something happened during to where it to where it caused me to get sick. So I like I said, I really haven't had time to ask her exactly what happened or how the whole process went. But from what she told me, she said everything was fine until maybe like I think it was the next day. I don't remember exactly, but yeah. So but it was fine for my sisters. They didn't have any medical issues or anything like that. So that's good. I think mine was like, mine was fine until like after she had, well, mine wasn't fine. I had my umbilical cord wrapped around my neck, but then like after all that stuff was done, but like after she had me, she was like, she thought she was like in some dungeon or someplace. Like they just put her somewhere in the hospital. But I know that my dad didn't have like fond experiences when she had my sister because her doctor wouldn't allow him to be in the room. Um, mm-hmm. and so it was like, he was there like before she was like, when she was born, he was there, but like the whole entire labor and all that stuff, like he wasn't like, 
he said the doctor was just really odd with him. Like, didn't want him really there. Um, and so, I don't know. It was just, like, a different experience for both of them. Like, having me, my dad has more fond memories of them. Ha- not, like, saying, like, he doesn't love my sister or, like, rejoice at the day that she was born. But he just didn't have a good experience um, with, like, the medical staff when um, she was being born. Yeah. Mm. And on my, um, my mom probably had a better experience than most black women do is what I'm starting to like realize because we had the same, the same doctor delivered all three of us. So she had this doctor for like a really long time. And maybe five years ago, her doctor retired. So from the age of 22 until, I never know how old my mom is. <laughs> how old are you? But I think my, my mom is like in her mid to late 40s. Mm-hmm. So from Girl. 22 until like maybe five years ago, until she was probably around 40, she had the same doctor. So that's, you know, almost 20 years. So she she's always had a really, really good experience. Um, with giving birth with at least the medical staff yeah but because i've heard of like a lot of black women saying like they've had to be really adamant about not like even if they're pregnant or not like not feeling well when they go into the doctor's office or like when they're in a hospital, like, sort of demanding that somebody actually takes the time to fully look at them instead of just, like, writing them off, which is just, I don't know, it's just wild to me that somebody's in pain and you're like, oh, it'll be fine. And, like, they're in an immense amount of pain and you're like, suck it up, buttercup, essentially. But, yeah. Do y'all think it's, like, I guess in the medical field, do you think it's just, like, leftover feelings from, like, how things were done during slavery and you know like white people's white people well, white people were doctors and experimented on slaves and then experimented on black people like the idea that black people can handle more pain is the reason why i guess we're finally having these conversations about high death rate um like in medical care or like what do y'all think it is i think it's a mixture of things because i don't i mean I, at one point i did want to be a doctor but once again, I don't know what they're teaching. And I know they probably go over that in their medical history about everything, but I don't know if it's just the hatred that people might have for black people mixed in with the medical studies mm-hmm. or if it's just a bad, uh, what is it, is it bedside care? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's that. I don't know if it's just doctors kind of placing every black person once again in the same circle as if they figured out with one one person. So that means all black people probably are the same. I don't know. Like, I feel like only that doctor can answer that question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm not sure what they teach in medical school medical school but i know even from experience of us going to school we just this year found out that beethoven was actually black (laughs) 
So it's just maybe it's it's similar to that that the curriculum is sadly probably whitewashed and it's not giving credit proper credit to the people that probably actually um invented whatever experiment or that experiment that or whatever procedure that they're practicing was probably experimented on you know a slave so it could be that yeah i guess have y'all ever had like a moment where you felt as if like your doctor or like a nurse or somebody was just writing you off when you were describing something. Yep. <laughs> when I went um, a few months ago, just for like a checkup, um, just like, I know she, she wasn't my primary doctor, not a dermatologist, but when I was telling her just about my hand situation, she just looked at it real quick like, oh, okay, let me just go ahead and prescribe you with this cream. Like, I felt like she really didn't analyze and really look at my hand to really try to see, see, okay, what is this and what kind of medicine will go well with it. I think she just prescribed me like a general cream. So to me, that it just felt like she wasn't really putting in the time to really evaluate. And I don't know if it's because I'm young yeah. or because she just felt as if, okay, this one cream can kind of just cure everything mm -hmm. so i don't know that's just how i kind of felt with my whole um appointment <laughs> essentially which is why i'm kind of just trying to look elsewhere just because i kind of felt like the needs and the treatment that i was wanting to get i didn't get yeah and they were she was kind of just going off of her assumptions or her mm -hmm. thought process but she really wasn't taking in consideration what i was saying so um i'm not now that i think about it most of the time i went to the doctor my mom was pretty present in the room so she always asked a lot of questions to make sure that i guess we that she was being heard about what was wrong with us mm -hmm. So I'm going to the doctor alone. My last appointment I had was earlier this year and it wasn't, I feel like when I went, I didn't really feel like neglected or anything, but like right now I am in the process of kind of looking for a new doctor. Yeah. So. But not like I don't I don't feel like that in the extremity of what someone else may feel that at, mm -hmm. I guess is what I'm saying. I get you. I guess for me, I felt like um, I had a doctor, like a similar situation you'd hear. My mom would always go when we were younger, but like as I got old, I started going by myself. And my mom mm -hmm. no longer goes to this practitioner, but has, she started to see what my sister and I were saying, that they f we felt like she just 
we'd ask her something. She said, oh, I don't know. Or, I don't deal with that. Or like she wouldn't be good. And like, I get it may not be your area of expertise, but like refer me to someone. And she was just very nonchalant. And it wasn't like yeah. she really like sort of cared about what we were saying. So my sister mm-hmm. stopped going to her and then I stopped going. And my mom started, found a new practitioner closer to the home, to our house that we go to now, who's very open. She'll call you after hours, answer any questions. Um, she's just, she's a great um, person. I know like doctors are people too, but like when people come to you sort of concerned about something or whatever it may be, at least have some a little softness in like ability to actually be decent enough to actually take the time and hear them out. I don't know. Yeah, I did not like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I understand that. There's, she could have like took your questions and been like, well, let me go call this person, you know, mm-hmm. another doctor that may know the answer to this, not just being like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she literally told my mom, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if there does come to a point where you could. figure it out and give you a call back or something yeah do something but she really didn't but (laughs) yeah so i was telling Lauren earlier that i had we were talking about like the high black women's um how high black women's death rate is related to pregnancy it's like Mm -hmm. black and native american women are like two times more likely to die um, from pregnancy-related symptoms than um, our white counterparts. Um, and we were just sort of, like, talking through that as to, like, why that may be and, like, what the research sort of shows, because it's not conclusive right now as to what the cause is. Um, yeah. But it's just sort of, it's hard to read that statistic and not feel scared for yourself or, like, any woman in your life that you love. And, like, what like what's supposed to be a joyous occasion turns out to be a heartbreak or something. Yeah. Yeah, we were just... I mean... Well, go ahead. Oh, no, you can finish. No, go ahead. I was just going to ask, because I know a lot of people are trying to search for specifically Black doctors, but does that mean just because you're Black, you're essentially better? Maybe it's more so because you're Black, I would expect you to understand where I'm coming from. I get that. Do you just think like we were a little bit too assuming that because they're black, they're going to always have like an open arms or like more of a comfortable space? Yeah, I don't think it's fair to assume that. But at the same time, I do get why people do look for a black. People, women are starting to look for black doulas and midwives and doctor OBGYNs um, for that reason. Which I don't know a ton of them. I mean, I just remember when we were little, we used to go to my sister specifically because she had eczema really bad. And every other doctor my mom went to, it was like they would give her creams that didn't really work. And that's how we ended up going to Dr. Blackburn Mm -hmm. because it just felt like he understood so I can see why, like, even, you know, it's not just only white doctors. It could be 
you know, Asian doctors or any other color that's not white, but even even with not going to a white person or maybe like an Asian doctor or something, it was still a similar experience. So not necessarily that they're better, but it just depends what you're going for and to be, I guess, more understanding. Yeah. And to know it really works on your skin because our skin is, is very different <laughs> than a, um, a white person's skin. And even though, you know, being Asian is not being white, they still have a similar skin tone. So their skin kind of reacts the same. Yeah. Are you saying, Lauren, like you're afraid that black people are going to just start going to these black doctors who may not be as qualified just because they're black? No, 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 I'm not. Oh, I'm not like, no, no, I don't want people to think I'm saying, oh, don't go to a black doctor. Like, no, I'm not <laughs> saying that. I'm just saying I've seen it in just other areas where, and I love the fact that, you know, in this day and age, we're really trying to focus and support more black businesses and black people in general. Mm -hmm. I love that. But I do feel like to an extent, a lot of people don't do the thorough research and they just assume because they're black, it's going to be good. Or because they're black, they have my support where everybody, I think, well, every black person is different, have their own thought processes and own experiences. So even just because they're black doesn't necessarily mean they're for you, if that makes sense. So I, I'm, I'm not trying to tell people don't do this and don't do that, but I'm just trying to, I guess, hope that I'm just hoping that people are just more, I hope inclined the right word, just more, I'm just hoping they're trying to do more research on their own rather than just, just going to them because they're a certain race, yeah. if that makes sense. That makes total sense. So... Yeah, I remember some celebrity, I want to say Serena Williams, um, after she gave birth to her daughter, like, she knows, like, this is something that irks me. I've heard people say, like, they know that they they know that they themselves, like, have a health condition. It's documented in their charts. They have a health condition. But people, like, mm -hmm. the nurses and staff don't want to believe them. And, like, um, after she gave birth to her daughter, she has, like, a blood issue, like, a blood clotting issue, and she was saying, like, something's wrong, blah, 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 and they weren't listening to her, she literally, she and her husband had to get, like, really aggressive with the staff, I mean, like, no, something's wrong, and they're like, oh, yeah, there is something wrong, like, she could have died right there after giving birth to her daughter, I just, I don't know, it's just, like, that, to me, is a prime example, it's like, this is a fit woman, she's in shape, she takes care of her body, she just gave birth, mm -hmm. and she understands her body, and you're not gonna, like, listen to her like say, tell you something's wrong with her own body it just I don't know it infuriates me to know that there are people like there's medical staff that's so like callous to somebody else's experience Yeah, and I, I don't, me and Alana were talking about this before we started too. Like, I don't know if it, and I know everybody can't afford, you know, 
the proper health care because it is expensive. But do you think it would be beneficial for people to really start doing like a whole body check prior to attempting to get pregnant or getting pregnant just to make sure you at least can have those kind of addressed or figure out a different plan or route rather than just getting pregnant and not even aware you have these underlying conditions. I think what what helps, I'm not sure if, Alana, when um, your mom gave birth and you were saying that your um, dad didn't have a good experience with the hospital Mm -hmm. staff, was it just mainly it was just like only the hospital staff there or was your mom like seeing the OBGYN that came okay to the hospital that day to give birth so because like I don't know if like the people listening know this just because you have a specific OBGYN doesn't mean that's the OBGYN that's going to be there when you like give birth like Tierra saying so like it was a different doctor it was not her normal doctor and so that is why they had such a bad experience and yeah he did not care for that lady at all. So maybe that's something yeah. you can do is like find a doctor that'll specifically be there. Your like whole experience. Mm-hmm. So at least, you know, you have, you know, you have one person in your corner at the least. Yeah. Alana, when your mom gave birth, did she have the... OBGYN that she was seeing over the course of her birth there or was only the hospital staff? Yeah, so like I think yeah, so you have a just because the OBGYN you had when you were pregnant doesn't mean that's OBGYN you're gonna have like after you give birth is what I guess here um you're saying. Um mm-hmm. but yeah. She had a she had a great OBGYN while she was pregnant, but the person who was there for her, who was on call that night for um, delivery, was not the person that she had um, while she was pregnant. And so it was mm-hmm. just a different experience, a different bedside manner, way they wanted things to run and everything. And it did not, my dad was not a fan of it. Yeah. I think a lot of I, people, just, I don't get I know, you can finish. <laughs> to Tiara, I think your point that you tell earlier is that, you know, have somebody in your corner, like, who's really going to ride for you when you're giving birth. Because that's that's not just one life, that's two two lives or more. And so, like, you need yeah. somebody really in your corner. Um, I feel like women could shop around a little bit more for OBGYN because, like, most of the time, if you're going to an OBGYN that's tied to a hospital, obviously, they are. But um, you're tied to a hospital. They have multiple other OBGYNs there. So you can at least meet the other ones. So you have a feeling of who might be delivering your baby outside of your OBGYN. At least try and like, yeah. see them, read about them, read some reviews. But like you can shop around for healthcare in America. <laughs> like people act like you can't. You can as long as your insurance is covered. Mm-hmm. But I don't know yeah, if you definitely. That's to your point, Lauren. I think the best thing you can do is, um, you know, find an OBGYN that could also deliver your baby, you know, or be on call to deliver whenever um, you give birth. 
Yeah, I was. That's my question. I was gonna ask anyway. Like, it, to me, it just doesn't make sense for somebody to be with you through those full nine months or however long it's gonna take, and then to switch it up. And I understand doctors yeah. are people and they have lives too, but it would just make sense for that person that's been with you throughout those nine months to be there mm-hmm. when you're giving birth because they know the most about you, not the one that's stepping in. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. you, even if you read somebody's chart you really don't have a good idea of that person. It's kind of like um, apps. Like you can see a bio in a picture, but you still don't really know who that person is. So I just think it would make more sense to just have that person be on call, especially right. for getting near that time. I think a lot of women are starting to look into stuff like midwives and delivering at home or like at birthing centers just to have a more comfortable homey experience because like a midwife they they set how many people they can handle at a time based on when you're due and everything so mm-hmm. your midwife is there when you give birth yeah they don't like to over overbook themselves uh-uh. at all so like your midwife is there when you give birth they're with you from the time you come to them they give you dietary advice advice on how to take care of the baby advice to take care of your body post and pre and they're there when you give birth. And so I, to me, like at this point in time, like that sounds like the more ideal option for myself personally. But mm-hmm. I just hope more women start to shop around and like realize all options that are out there for birthing. Yeah, you don't just have to go up to your, the nearest hospital <laughs> to you and that that's your only option. Like there are options. For sure, there are options. But yeah, I think something that's, not talked about enough is like how to take care of yourself when you're pregnant or trying to conceive um Mm -hmm. because a lot of people will just i don't know like they'll be in bad shape like they'll they just don't take care of themselves they don't look after themselves the way they should and that and once they conceive and then like give birth it's just like i don't know it's even a harder experience to bounce back from emotionally physically mentally and i just feel like there's a lot of conversation about being pregnant after the baby but not a lot of conversation about before getting pregnant and how to like take care of yourself before then yeah well i just exercise oh no you're good lauren you can go uh you can you can (laughs) oh i was just gonna say that i'm not I'm planning to be pregnant anytime soon, so I have no <laughs> advice in that area of <laughs> what to do. I know. I understand. Um, yeah, I was just going to say that a lot of it can just start with like basic exercise, taking vitamins, eating better, you know, just simple things like that that you should already be doing, you know. I know it's good to exercise when you're pregnant. Like, don't like go mm-hmm. crazy with it, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I know that's like a, a kind of like a myth that you like can't exercise while you're pregnant or something. Or is it you can't? I think it's you can't lift weights. I know it's something. No, I've seen women lift weights. You, yeah, you can as long as you don't like you know overdo it or do nothing yeah. crazy. Yeah, you can't live a sedentary lifestyle for nine months. Like, actually, 10 months. You can't leave sedentary lifestyle. But, yeah, I think the weight thing is, like, um, 
like you can't lift above a certain weight or you need someone to spot you or something. I've heard that too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think a, the food thing is definitely like a big deal for people. Um, just because like you're growing a whole another person, you need the whole, like all that energy for yourself and them. And then like cravings. Oh, no. I don't know what that would even look like for me. I don't know. You know, some people are like, they gave it to every craving. I'm like, I can't do that. You can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> that I would be the eating hot wings all the time. The baby wants some ice cream and pickles. That's actually really good, though. It's the oh, sweet and the salty together. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know what your, your um, mom's pregnancy cravings were? Either with you or your siblings. Yeah. What's y'all's? My mom craved lemon chills, lemon heads. Oh, wow. And whoppers from Burger King. When she was pregnant with my sister, Tiana, she would eat a whopper every day. Oh, my God. I don't know how she did that. (laughs) But she would eat a whopper every day. And like lemon, anything lemon. But her go-to is like lemon heads and lemon chills. But now she doesn't really crave those things at all anymore. And she's <laughs> like, man, I used to really love like lemon heads and stuff. But it, like when she eats them now, it's not the same. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard people say that. What about your mom, Lauren? I have no idea. So <laughs> we got the... Every week, we're just going to give you something to ask your mom. Yeah. <laughs> That's your homework. I'm going to ask her afterwards, and she's going to give me a weird look. Like, why are you talking about right. this? Like, oh. <laughs> but I'm, I'm curious to know. Like, I know my grandmother was craving. Um, <laughs> I know my uh, dad's mom, my grandma, like, craved strawberry. I think, like, one time. And she didn't like it, but my dad loves strawberry ice cream. So I just thought that was real interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think my mom, she really craved shrimp and Tex-Mex when she was pregnant with me. And well, she craved shrimp and Tex-Mex and Lamadeline, like tomato bisque soup when she was pregnant with us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just funny because she rem- I remember her saying that but my mom had this really weird aversion to, like, the way the fridge smelled when <laughs> she was pregnant with us. And she just could not stand the way the fridge smelled for, like, several months. And then, like, after she gave birth, it was, like, fine. But I've heard of people, I remember one of my teachers in high school was saying that when she was pregnant, all she wanted was desserts, fruits, salads like she couldn't hold a, like a whole meal down so like that's all she could really mm-hmm. eat for like the bulk of her pregnancy yeah mm-hmm. i hope i don't have morning sickness oh i'm not looking forward to that <laughs> that is something i feel like i will have for some reason my sister and mom did not but i feel like i will that just sounds <laughs> awful it does because my mom had that and it was not fun did she have it with all three you guys i don't think she had it with me i know she had it real bad with uh my last sister mm-hmm. but i think she said i was a pretty simple pregnancy mm-hmm. thank god <laughs> <laughs> i think emory was okay 
I know with the difference with birth with Emery, she went all natural. Mm-hmm. And she did not do that again. <laughs> oh, like she didn't ask for the um, epidural. epidural. Mm-hmm. No. And I guess because she was scared when it when she gave birth to me, because she didn't know if that epidural kind of caused some of my issues. So she mm-hmm. took a different route with my other sister. And I think she got back on epidural with my last mm-hmm. one, my last mm-hmm. sister. So that is something I know she did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was actually um, I was actually fourteen days late. Oh wow! I was supposed to be born the last day of July, but I was born August thirteenth, and so <laughs> did they induce her? Mom, did they induce her? Yeah, yeah. My mom, <laughs> my mom, um, when she went to her doctor around. Maybe like around the seventh or eighth or so, my mom was like, "It's so hot. Can you please induce my labor?" And she was like, "Oh, Tiffany, well, we'll we'll wait a little bit more, and if she doesn't come out, we'll induce your labor on this day." <laughs> so Girl, you were trying to not come out. I know, I really was. But my mom, all she says is like, she just like it was so hot. Like I don't understand why you wouldn't come out because it was so hot. <laughs> You know her nerves. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. People say first babies take a long time to like. Mm-hmm. Like the labor takes a long time. Yeah, it's interesting how all of that works. Girl, I came two weeks early. I was ready. Oh wow! Because <laughs> I was supposed to be born on my mom's birthday. Mm-hmm. With it, which is uh, January the sixth, but I was bored, so I just came early. I, I was guess. bored. <laughs> <laughs> I was so. I was an on time baby. I came on my due date. <laughs> so weird. See? A lot of the neutral ones, <laughs> right? Yeah, but it's like it's like most babies aren't born on their due date, but for some reason mm-hmm. I hit my mark for whatever reason. <laughs> but, yeah, I hope two weeks is a long time, Tierra. Yeah, um, my, I was supposed to be born the last day of July. I I don't know if July has 30 or 31 days. I, I never just, remember these things, but yeah, I was supposed <laughs> to be born on the last day of July. And I came super late, so. Yeah, July has 31, yeah. That's so, oh, I would have been so annoyed. But now, yeah. like, you can go in. <laughs> like ask for your membrane to be swept which should start your labor so mm-hmm. i think that's what they did with your mom once they induced her but i remember my sister went in like because she was going back to school and so my nephew was born three days earlier than his due date but she just went to the doctor um for her last checkup before and she was like can you just sweep my membrane and she was like are you sure she's like yeah and she's like okay her labor started that night <laughs> Like she started going into early labor. Yeah. And he took a long time to come down. (laughs) When she do that again? (laughs) Um, After you have your first baby, your other labor should be quicker, is typically what people have said. It shouldn't last as long. Um, So 
it'd probably be an easier water break and then all that stuff. Some people's water doesn't break. Like pregnancy is so disgustingly interesting to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's cool though because everybody's body is different. Yeah. So, so. I only want two, stopping at three. That's it. Mm-hmm. I think three is perfect. <laughs> three. Mm-hmm. That's if I, if I have a boy and a girl, bye, I'm done <laughs> at two. But if need be, I guess <laughs> three is not bad. But yeah. So what would y'all say is like y'all's biggest fear with pregnancy or like your like your biggest fear and your biggest like excitement if you want to have kids? Because I know Tia, you've mentioned that. Yeah, I'm still on the um I'm good on children. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Lauren, and that's okay. Kids. Yeah. It is. So Lauren, what's your biggest fear? Um, I think my biggest fear is just raising another black child in this day and age with everything that's going on and really making sure I'm the best mother I can be for them. And I just want to make sure I give them more than enough attention, love and care that I possibly can without them feeling like I neglected them in some sort of way. Yeah. I think that's just my biggest yeah. fear. Because I've experienced some of that not on a, on a different level. And I just want to kind of give my kids some of the things I felt like I didn't get mm-hmm. when it comes to like a mother relationship. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my biggest concern. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm really excited. I think just seeing another person like me mm-hmm. <laughs> and growing up and just seeing what their future holds and really seeing how I behave. Because sometimes you don't know until you see a child like, that's how I be acting? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think that's going to be really cool. So I really want to grow first. But... If not, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I think I can answer this question. and <laughs> But it, it only has to do with one thing. Like, why, what I am potentially excited about is um, being able to raise a child with my mom around. And mm-hmm. because some people, they like get closer to their moms through mm-hmm. having a child. So I think that would be a cool kind of experience. But on the flip side of that, I'm just hoping I don't wait too long to where my mom isn't around. Because that is like my worst fear is kind of having like my first child and then not having my mom around to call and ask for advice or, you know, do any of those things. So... That's good. Yeah, that is a good one. I think for me, my biggest fear is just like, I don't know, like body changes like afterwards, because I know like you've carried a child around, you've loved a child, 
and you love that child and you do anything for them but like just realizing that your body is like so beautiful but you've created a whole entire life like brought a new whole entire human being into this world so just like the proper mindset around that why is mm-hmm. this going off um the thing i'm most excited for is just like being able to see life through my own child's eyes like the first time they do this and the first time they do that and um, the first time they ride a bike or like taking them on a trip I don't know it's just like the memories and babies smell so good I don't know I'm just so excited to <laughs> to experience just to see them try things for the first time in this first I'm excited for their whole entire life but those first few years I'm really excited for yeah uh, yeah kids smell great. Really yeah that's so cute and, <laughs> that's me trying to grab on your glasses and stuff yeah my sister took my nephew on a walk this morning and apparently some ladies thought he was the cutest thing and he's such a little ham and he just like smiled at them (laughs) and snickered and just showed his little teeth she was like yeah he's a flirt he's definitely a flirt yeah (laughs) get ready when he gets older yeah she's already like annoyed she she just she was like I'm gonna be the worst mom when he starts dating. Oh no! She's just like I can't because you know like men can see what a, a boy's doing and like we can see what a girl's doing like in terms of being manipulative or whatever. I just feel like she's gonna be very um, particular, which isn't <laughs> anything. That's nothing wrong with that, but she's gonna be very like into what he's doing at school. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, you don't want him breaking hearts or somebody breaking his heart. Yeah, for sure. But I think we're about to approach almost an hour. All right. So um, I don't know if you'll have any last thoughts when it comes to just like healthcare and us at this age speaking up for ourselves and um, just knowing what we want when we go to the doctor or like any advice. Mm-hmm. I would just say that you can shop around for doctors like that's you don't have to go to somebody like if you go to somebody and you kind of didn't like them you know you don't have to go to them again just you know you can find someone else um i would just say no matter whether you're 55 or you're 25 you know yourself better than anybody else so if you feel like there is a concern don't be afraid to speak up and if you see they're not giving you the fair amount of treatment like tiara was saying you do have other options yeah and you don't have to take no for an answer so i would just say come prepared with questions and if you see they're not getting answered um go somewhere else and really do thorough research Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think off your point, Lauren, it's like, be firm, like, be nice, but be firm. Like, don't let them just, like, sort of run you over. I know that sometimes I'm like, I don't want to be mean, but, like, this is your health. Like, this is literally your body that um, they should be helping you, helping you. Like, you're the first person to look after your body, but they should be helping you look after. So be firm when you feel like something is wrong or it's not being taken care of properly or needs to be adjusted, whatever. But... That would be my advice. Don't just be a don't be a bystander in your own health, I guess. Yeah. 
But yeah, um, I think that's pretty much it for this. <laughs> Sorry, I can't stop laughing for this episode. Um, but yeah, I hope y'all enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Please share this episode with your friends. Let us know what you think. Follow us on Instagram at Black talk underscore pod and we will see y'all next time bye bye